you're not going to win the Super Bowl with just one play. I just want to know exactly what I should do. What's my campaign objective? What exactly should I use for each situation? You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode number 101 of Perpetual Traffic. We've got the gang all back in town today. Ralph, Molly, myself, Keith, on with you today to talk about some traffic game plans. Have you ever been sitting there ready to start a new campaign or execute on a new Facebook ad campaign and your wheels are spinning, you're frustrated, you're wondering, what the heck? Should I use for a campaign objective? Should this target cold audiences, warm audiences? You know, what should my bidding be? What should my optimization be? Where should my placements be? If that's ever been you and you're looking for more of a playbook, that's what today is gonna be about. Uh, Molly has created these really cool traffic playbooks for a recent course they did. And we're gonna get into two of them today. Uh, But super excited to get into this stuff. Once again, this is episode 101. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Awesome. Excited for today. This is going to be killer. Perpetually excited. We're overselling it already. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. These traffic plays came from a a recent workshop that we launched here at Digital Marketer. What I did inside of this workshop was actually created traffic plays. There are acquisition plays and monetization plays. And each play is basically a different strategy that you can use to achieve a specific desired end result. Obviously, on Facebook, there are lots of options. And in marketing, there are a lot of ways to do the same thing. So I think these plays really reflect that. So there's a visual representation of the campaign that you will run, the assets you need, what objective you should choose, what metrics you should track, how you should bid, optimize, what placements you should use. You know, all of the questions that come up when you're setting up a Facebook campaign. But I think what these represent, like I said, is there's more than one way to do something. So we're going to go through two plays today that you can execute in your business and talk about the best use cases for each play and how they function and give you some awesome examples. I think what's so cool about these first off is that these are some of the coolest things I think you've ever done because I look at everything from my perspective, which is from an agency perspective and how can I, you know, take stuff from Molly that's brilliant and utilize it in what we're doing. And it's a great way to sort of think about things differently as sort of separate strategies. Because I think all of these that are in all these traffic plays are sort of in all of our heads collectively here on this podcast, at least the three hosts here. But it's like to actually see them out in named, in a cool name, and then to actually see them, how they travel through, and I'm not going to say the word sales funnel, but the sales machine it's, it's usually you'll see like, here's an example of a, you know, a landing page and then a thank you page and then a core offer page and that kind of thing. This actually gives you the traffic strategy that's ahead of it and how it goes through that machine. And it's really, really cool. And I think uh, we talk so much about video here on this show. These two are, I think, you know, the most important ones out of all the ones that I've seen. So uh, super excited to talk about it today. I know you might be listening right now and just be thinking, okay, I just want to know exactly what I should do. What's my campaign objective? What exactly should I use for each situation? And if you think about, go watch a, an NFL football game 
or any other sport for that matter. And the best teams don't run the same two to three plays all game long. They run a variety of plays because there's so many different scenarios, situations, types of players on the field at that time. You're not going to win the Super Bowl with just one play. I mean, as great as my close personal friend Tom Brady is, in my mind, he's my friend, by the way, just so you guys know. <laughs> but he, he's not going to win, you know, Super Bowl 51 with one or two or three plays. He, I mean, that their playbook for the Patriots is like, like the equivalent of the Chinese phone book. I mean, it's very thick. You know, you don't need that many plays, but I think you need more than one. And I think today's episode is, is going to be a great example of two video plays because we talk about video so much. And you're probably wondering from past episodes, which play do I do? So we'll talk about that today. And the question is really is based upon your offer, based upon the formation on the field, so to speak, but then also your product. The and players. The players, the assets you have, the players on your team, your personnel, groupings, all that sort of stuff. So we'll get into that today. All right, Molly, let's get into traffic play number one for today. Let's do it. So like he said, feel free to go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast to actually look at these plays that we're talking about. But the first one's called the video boomerang play. Now, this one is a bit more complicated than the play that we'll cover next. But this is a really, really powerful play. It actually consists of two different Facebook campaigns. The first campaign is a video views campaign, and you're going to be targeting cold traffic, people who haven't heard of you before with this first video views campaign. And what the first video will do is actually educate the audience. So the goal of this first campaign is to simply get people to watch the video so that you can populate a custom audience that you can then retarget with a second campaign. The goal of that first campaign is simply to get people to watch your video, for you to educate them, for you to establish yourself as an authority, for you to introduce your brand to this person. And then you're going to retarget with a second Facebook campaign that's optimized for conversions. And that's where you're actually going to ask them to do something. So maybe opt in for a lead magnet, purchase a product, sign up for a trial, come to your store, whatever the next step in the customer journey would be for you, that's going to happen in the second campaign that's only going to show to the people that watched the video in the first campaign. At Digital Marketer, we ran a uh, video views Facebook campaign and it was a short, quick little video, only like 25 seconds. And it covered five ways to use Facebook to grow your local business. That was all the video was about. It just gave them five quick ways to grow their local business using Facebook. And the reason I did this was because we had an offer a Facebook ad templates lead magnet that I really wanted to use to generate leads of people that own local businesses because I wanted to sell them our digital marketer lab product. But when I ran traffic directly to the lead magnet, when I was targeting these local business owners, trying to get them to opt into the lead magnet, it just wasn't working. 
And I think the reason it wasn't working is because it was too early in the customer journey and they were not even solution aware yet. They weren't even aware of the benefits of of Facebook ads for their business before I was going to ask them to opt in for a Facebook ad template, right? So we needed to sandwich in a little bit of value, a little bit of education first so that we could pixel them and then retarget them with the offer. So again, we, we ran this ad. It was five ways to grow your local business with Facebook. We pixeled people in that video and then we retargeted people who watched that video and asked them to opt in for the Facebook ad templates. Once we did that, it worked like a charm. We were getting sub $5 leads while counting the cost of that first campaign. So really this play is best used when you have a really strong, cold video asset that provides a lot of value to your market, right? So maybe you're teaching someone something, you're solving a problem for them, you're putting something in their newsfeed that is really valuable. I saw a video ad from West Elm the other day, and it basically showed you how to arrange items on your coffee table um, so that it looked visually appealing. It was just like a little five-step process. And it showed from a bird's eye view looking down at the coffee table. And, and they showed you five things you could put on the coffee table to make it look good. Well, I watched the video because I have a coffee table and it was interesting. And then they started retargeting me with the items that were on the coffee table. So that's a great example of a, a strong, you know, cold video asset that you could lead with. I think this is also best used in broader markets where your people might not be as solution aware as they are in other scenarios. So if you do need to lead with that value first, it's very important in your business. I think this is absolutely for you. It's also for you if whatever you want them to do is a huge ask right? If you're asking them to buy a more expensive product or you're asking them to do something that may not immediately solve their problem, this is a good little sandwich asset to use to give that value first. So again, you would start with a video views campaign. Your campaign objective would be video views. You would be building that website custom audience of people that watched your video and then you would set up a campaign that's optimized for conversions. And that campaign would retarget people who watched your video and it would optimize for whatever conversion you're asking for on that page, whether it's an opt-in for a lead magnet webinar trial uh, for them to purchase you know, a low dollar product. That's the function of, of that second campaign. Um, and again, if you look at the visual, you look at the, the play, you can see the success metrics that you would track. So for the first campaign, you would be tracking video views. The second would be cost per lead or cost per acquisition, whichever makes sense for your business. For the first campaign, your bidding would be automatic. Same for the second campaign. The first, you would optimize for video views. The second, you would optimize for conversions. And for both campaigns, I would recommend your placements to be Facebook feeds, right-hand column, and Instagram feeds. So all of that can be found on the actual play. But I highly recommend this for 
anyone who really wants to lead with value first, um, or if you want to scale out an offer. If you need to scale out to another market, this is a great way to become relevant to them. And I think an important part to this is that these are flexible as well. So, I mean, the way that Molly is approaching this is different than how we approach it. Just because we found that whenever we start a video campaign, we tend to start with video views, but we also test website conversions. And website conversions, in our case, worked better as an objective. So I don't think these are hard and fast necessarily, but I mean, I think these are good guides just let the data tell you. Because we we said, well, if we're going to show them a video, we might as well have some sort of call to action. And some of these people actually did do that. The majority of them didn't, but we still got very, very high quality video viewers, even though we were using two different objectives. So we were using video views objective on one, a website conversions objective on another. We found website conversions was doing a little bit better. So we kept that one running. I think we actually ran both for a considerable period of time. But how we use this is we used it slightly different than how Molly did it. We looked at for this particular customer, what audience buys their stuff, like begin with the end in mind is what, you know, we always start with. So who is buying your stuff? Well, we found that people who engaged in a video who were a website custom audience, somebody who engaged with a blog post, those people were the people that bought like three X more than any other audience to this particular offer. So what we wanted to do is create website custom audiences by promoting blog posts, which we did. We also created a video, two different video campaigns, one website conversions, one video view objectives, and we combined those together and we created more warm audiences that we then retargeted for a next step. In our case was a webinar, register for a webinar where they were sold a product that was you know just under $500 thereabouts. And the campaign did extremely well at ROI at about three to one, you know, at scale. So these things are flexible, but I, I encourage all you guys for anything that we ever teach here, like think through, like, does this make sense for my product, for my offer, my way of doing things? And for us, you know, even though, you know, Molly, me and Keith, you know, see eye to eye and a lot of stuff in Facebook, we test different things and we have different ideas. And I'd encourage you to do the same thing, but definitely use this as a framework. Especially the optimization and the bidding. These are just what we've found through all of our tests, but the strategy remains the same, right? The the visual element of this play it remains the same because it's human psychology. It's back to the relational stuff that we always talk about. Some people need to get a little bit of value first before you ask them to do something. And, and this play is perfect for that. Exactly. 100% agree with both of you here. It, and it really depends on like what you're trying to do and what your situation is. So like the example that Molly's using here, and we'll put that on the show notes as well, is the five ways to use Facebook to grow your local business. And it's just, it's a great short video, but the goal of that video is to move people from unaware really of the solution to aware of the solution. So in this case, if you go back and listen to episode 86, where we went over the upside framework, and really what she's doing with this video is taking people from step two to step three on the ladder. And we'll put an image here. Uh, most cases, you're, you're taking people who are, you know, they're, they're aware of the problem. They want more customers, these local businesses, but they're not aware really that Facebook is a great solution for this. And so this video view is just what that's doing is it's turning a lot of people and making them aware of, of solution to Facebook. And then so now she can follow them up with a more a direct response type of ad to promote their lead magnet. Absolutely. Now, 
question on that. For the direct response play following that, does it have to be a video in this case or could it be a non-video? The direct response video play would have to be a video because it's explaining why someone should take action on this. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Gotcha. So love that. So basically you've got your kind of branding, making them aware of the problem, making them aware of the solution video. And then you've got that's being followed up uh, with a more direct response type of video that's related more to your offer. And that's going to be targeting your warm audiences. And of course, you're building your warm audiences fast with that, that initial video view campaign. Now, as Ralph kind of mentioned there, with our three-step video ad formula strategy, what we do sometimes is we'll combine those two together into one video. Now, that's not super easy to do, but sometimes what you can do is you can combine those where you're giving them that value and then you're transitioning to a call to action. And so you're kind of doing both in one, but typically it's a little bit longer type of video and it's just one more game plan is all it is. Totally. And it's a little bit more complicated to do. And I think 67 and 68 go through that in a great amount of detail where we're always looking for the shortcut. Like how can we do this in one step instead of two? But in many cases you need two steps. And I think Every traffic play has its place and it really depends on how it works and you got to test it. And I think one of the things that Molly mentioned when she first started introducing this one is that she tried something going right to this audience with a lead magnet and it didn't work. It's like, it's okay for it not to work, but figure out like why. Think about it statistically or, or think about it sort of logically. You know, why doesn't it work? Well, they need more warming up. They're not ready for this thing yet because it's kind of, it's foreign to them. You know, they're not aware that this type of solution actually exists. So you have to educate them first. Tough to do in one video, but you can definitely do it in two like this play does. And I think that kind of leads to the second play, right? Yeah. So the second play is the direct response video play. So this would just be one campaign and one video. And if you're looking at it visually, it looks a lot more simple. And this can target cold traffic. And basically, this campaign optimizes for conversions. It has a video element as the creative and it's going to cold traffic and it's asking people to take action even though you've never met them before. Now, the reason that this can work is because of the video element. You can really take the principles from the last traffic campaign and almost combine them to deploy this particular play. So again, it would be a conversion campaign with a video as the creative going right to a landing page, asking someone to opt in or, or sign up. But this one is best used when you have more of a novelty product or offer right? You have something that either solves an absolute immediate need for the end user, or it's just something that's really freaking cool. And let me give you two examples. The first, at Survival Life, we have this lighter and it's waterproof. So they have a video of this lighter with the flame lit and there's water coming down, but the flame doesn't go out. 
So you can use that video and run a website conversion campaign as we're doing right now that goes right to the sales page and ask people to buy that lighter. The reason it works is because it's such a novelty item. That market wants to be the cool guy that whips out a lighter in front of his friends in the rain and it doesn't go out, right? It's just really, really cool. Another example is, is from one of Ralph's clients, the dogtrainingsecrets.com. And in a video ad, it says, does your dog get way too excited and out of control when he sees something he wants in his environment? Watch this video to discover one clever trick for how to finally start teaching your dog to calm down on command, then click here to learn more. So it's a video where he's solving a huge problem. Anyone with a dog knows how annoying it is to not be able to control when your dog gets excited or tries to eat your food, right? He's solving a big, big problem, but he's also giving them a trick. So even if they don't click over to his $27 product, he's also giving value in this video. So he very easily could have deployed the video boomerang campaign and shot a video that gave you know, two or three tricks for how to, to calm down your dog and then retarget them with the $27 product. But here, because he is solving such an immediate need, it's okay for him to go ahead and optimize for that $27 purchase. So he's able to give value first, and then he's also able to you know, make a call to action to go buy a product to learn more. So this is definitely more of a direct response approach. And it's great when you have something that's really cool that people really want, or if you're solving an immediate need, um, it's also a good place to start because with this type of campaign, you're going to find that you can only scale it so far without adding in an extra piece of content like we did in the video boomerang traffic play. So just to give you a little bit more specifics, um, you would choose the conversion objective for this campaign. You're going to be measuring cost per lead or cost per acquisition, whatever you're optimizing for. Bidding, we recommend using automatic bidding. Optimization, we recommend conversions. Conversion window, we recommend one day, but uh, Ralph's also finding that seven day works really well. So definitely test that. And then good placements for this type of thing is Facebook feed, right-hand column, Instagram feed. Again, those are all just suggestions, guys, from what we found definitely worth testing. But this is a great play if you want quick results. And keep in mind that you can retarget these people too. So just because you're going for the kill uh, right in this first campaign doesn't mean that you can't retarget people that watch the video with your offer. Yeah, totally good. And this goes back to episode 67 and 68 again, but definitely ones you want to want to listen to with Keith's Eddie formula. I, I used to say Edie, now I say Eddie. I think Eddie Van Halen, because it's badass. In your first one, in the small business one, Maul, I mean, you're sort of informing and educating more than anything. But in the other video for dog training, I mean, you are informing, entertaining, and educating sort of all at once. And 
out of those four, educate, demonstrate, inform, and entertain, if you can get more of them, or all four of them would be great. Most people can't. I know I can't. But if you could get a couple of them in there, that makes the video even more effective. Another example of this is, again, back to this novelty idea and solving a huge problem. I saw an ad in my newsfeed from Xero. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. X-E-R-O. Uh, but the ad copy said, tired of tracking down receipts, question mark. Now you get your phone to do the work. And the video was just a quick 10 second video. And it had a stack of receipts and the stack of receipts disappeared and then turned into a cell phone. So they were able to visually represent in the video not only the problem, but also the solution. So the, the receipts went away, the phone laid there on the table, and you could watch that video in 10 seconds without reading the ad copy and realize, cool, this looks like an app or some piece of software that's going to keep me from you know having to sift through all of these receipts in my business. You click on the ad and it goes over to a 30-day free trial of their software. So again, if you're really solving a big problem and you're showing a, a novelty offer, this is a great type of campaign to use. When we talk about our Eddie formula, educate, demonstrate, entertain, a lot of times that demonstrate examples are perfect for novelty tech cool gadgets items or like a software like that example or like we've given the another example of designer right of a client of ours who it's a 15 second video digital yeah. video yeah. showing a blog post going through a conveyor belt turning into a, a pdf and that's all it is and it doesn't matter if they're warm or cold they've got a problem this solves it Another one we show in our three-step video ad formula guide that we'll give you free access to as well in the show notes is um, a video produced by Karen X. Chang, but the company is LaForge and it's high-tech glasses. And it actually does some other things that Ryan's talked about, that kind of portal effect. So it shows you like what it looks like looking through those glasses. And it's cool. a pretty cool video that, that really does uh, a lot of those things. And so, but the key thing to understand here is that with this traffic plan that Molly's talking about, this is the direct response traffic plan. This is going to be great for retargeting people because now you're focused on your product or service or your offer. That's what it's really doing. You're focusing on your product or service or offer. You're not really focusing on delivering value in this case. And so you're either going to be targeting warm audiences, right? If you have a, have a product that does need that warming up, or if you have like a cool tech thing or something you can just demonstrate, then boom, guess what? You can go cold warm and include everybody in that audience. And again, what's important to keep in mind with these plays, there's more than one way to do something. So while although it's cool that you have all the specifics, I mean, those are the questions we get mostly, right? How should I bid? Uh, what should I optimize for? What placement should I choose? While that is a cool aspect of these plays, in my opinion, what's really cool is this is just a visual representation of how many different strategies there are out there to accomplish whatever you need in your business. So if you need to go out there and reach a really cold market, uh, the video boomerang play is probably best for you. 
If you have more of a novelty offering or you're just getting started and it's really the first time you've targeted your market with Facebook ads, the direct response video play is probably the best place to start. I think what's cool about this is just seeing how many ways there are to do something. And that's why this podcast will probably be around forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the playbook is so thick. <laughs> yes, because with marketing and, and Facebook ads, I mean, the limit really is your creativity. And then we talked about this on episode 99 as well with Noah Kagan. And we talked about how just because somebody is in your target audience doesn't mean that one thing is going to resonate the same with everybody. So different types of creatives, messages are going to resonate with different types of personalities, people that are right. more impulsive, people that are less impulsive. So just because one maybe of your videos you know, does a little bit better than the other one, it doesn't mean the other one should be turned off. It's so important. I think that's a huge mindset shift for people. Right. If you set a target success metric, so whatever it is, I'm willing to pay this for a video view or this for a lead or this for a sale. If you have that metric, when you're testing, whether you're testing images or hooks or copy or different types of campaigns, one might generate better results, but it doesn't mean that the other is bad, right? You, you shouldn't turn off everything other than the winner. You should keep running anything that's under your target success metric because different people are going to respond to different messages. Different people are going to respond to different campaigns. So the more the merrier, as long as they're all producing results that meet expectations. Yeah, I think that's so important because everyone's looking for one thing. There's not one thing. What's the winner? What's the winner? What's the one thing I should do? You should try all of them. I mean, you, you probably don't have an unlimited budget. That's fine. So test them methodically, but you don't, you're not looking for one thing. Ideally, you're looking for like three or four or five things that work. And right. from a scaling perspective, like that's how you scale. That's the best way that yeah. we scale our ads out is because we use multiple different videos. Like, you know, for the dog training secrets video, there's, uh, there's dozens of videos we use because he's got such great content for all of our customers. You're like, all right, we got one thing that works. Let's get another, let's get another, let's get another. As long as we're hitting our metric and we call it our CPA KPI, which is basically the metric that tells us if we're making money or not. If we are, then we just want more of it because in every audience, remember, there's a million person audience on Facebook. There's people who will convert. There's people who will view. There's people who will like. There are people who will engage. But inside the converting audience, which maybe inside a million person audience is like 250,000 people. The, in, think about that as like there's maybe five or six different groups in there that they will respond to different messages and different creatives. So to get them all on your side to become a customer, you got to continuously try new things and combining some of these strategies, using different plays, uh, as well as different creatives is the way to do it. And this is why I've always said, do not just look at a video ad and test it as far as a cost per conversion against a non-video ad, because they are serving two different purposes. Yeah. You might have a video ad that brings in a lead at $6, and you might have a, a, an image ad that brings in a lead at $4.50, but guess what? Maybe the video ad is making a better longer-term impact, so that person's coming into your funnel with their guard down instead of their guard up, and so 
in the end, 30 days later, it actually might be a much more profitable uh, lead because of right. the impact psychologically that you're making with your audience. Very important, which is why, yeah. back to Molly's point, maybe your ceiling is eight, then everything below that, keep them running to connect with those different types of personalities. Don't commingle your campaigns. Keep the keep your video campaigns separate from your link post campaigns. It's, uh, we uh, we do this. It's hard to, but uh, you got to keep it separate because they really do have different values because you may see more ROI for those video ads. And we've definitely seen that because there's value that's upfront right in the newsfeed. They're consuming content right in the newsfeed. And then therefore they become better customers later on. So it's an added benefit to it. So definitely keep them separate. All right. Good stuff, guys. Let's remember, this is one where you're going to want to head to the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 101. And we'll have the plays in there. Uh, We'll also have any of the episodes we linked out to a couple other things we mentioned. We'll have all the resources in the show notes for you to check out, download, listen to, watch, or whatever it is may be for you to consume. Kablam. Good times. Till next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Test them. Test them. Bye-bye. See you. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.